stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. My name is Tony Gapastone, and I am the founder and executive director of Brave Maker. I am an actor and a filmmaker myself. I am from and doing this live from Redwood City, California, which is where Brave Maker is headquartered and where the fifth annual Brave Maker Film Festival will be happening July 13th through the 16th of 2023 so if you are listening to my voice and you are while you're watching this video go to bravemaker.com and get your tickets because today on episode 196 you are going to meet two filmmakers that are going to share their work with us in the film festival and they are uh, programmed together because their films have very similar themes and I'm really excited that you get to meet them. So again, I'm Tony Gapastone. You can find me on all the socials at Tony Gap, uh, Tony Gapastone or my website at TonyGap.com. Uh, episode 196, two filmmakers and they're going to share their story. Before we do, I want you to take a look, just a quick, quick look at the trailer or one of the trailers uh, for the Brave Maker Film Festival. Take a look. And if you're listening, a listen. Okay, who's excited to meet our filmmaker, Kyra Knox, of Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia and Tara Westwood of Trigger. They are both screening their films in Redwood City, California on Saturday, July 15th at 6.45 p.m. Would you two do us the pleasure of introducing yourself to our audience? Uh, Share whatever you want. If you want to share where you're uh, videoing in today, your pronouns and anything else about your identity as a creative person. I would love that. Let's start with you, Kyra. Go ahead. Um, I'm Kyra. My pronouns are she and her. I am from Philly. So I am a Philly girl all day, every day. Um, and for me, um, I'm a filmmaker that quit her corporate job five years ago to follow her dreams. And five years later, I'm making movies. So. And getting standing ovations at the Miami <laughs> Black American Film Festival. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Tara. I'm Tara Westwood. I've been an actress forever. I started producing kind of so I could get the ability to hire myself, to be honest with you. If you want to, you you know, if you're not happy with the roles you're getting, start producing things. And then Triggered Short Film, uh, which is what we're here for, is my directorial debut. And I I'm sure we'll talk about why we chose to to make these films. So I'll I'll hold off on that. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So this is uh, your first time with us, Tara, uh, as a filmmaker and on the show. So thank you for being a part of this. And Cairo was on a few months back. Uh, We were Twitter friends. And then I love that, you know, at the same time, 
bad things in Philly was coming out into the world. So I feel very lucky to have both of you all today to promote and talk about your film. We're three weeks away from the Brave Maker Film Festival. So if people are watching this or listening, you're gonna kind of get a little bit of inside, maybe a little more in depth than we'll do in the panel discussions that we do have after every film screening. But you both focused in different ways, one a short narrative and one a feature documentary on guns and their impact upon people, especially in our country. So let's talk through Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia. Uh, you've been screening this out in the world publicly. First uh, one was in Miami. Kyra, can you talk about some of the conversations that you are seeing rise up and why this was important to you make to make this film? Um, it was very important for me to make Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia because I have seen, you know, my city change um, from back when I was a kid. And when we first started filming this, I had no idea. And this was back in 2021 that we started filming. I had no idea that we were going to break the record of gun violence in Philadelphia that year, back from the 70s. And, and find out that it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I just felt as though that it was important for someone that actually lives in Philadelphia still and is not in the suburbs or anything like that, born and raised to come in and tell this story. Um, and it's not all bad. You know, we feature my cousin's organization, Shoot Basketball's Not People, that um, that he's working hard to keep these kids off of the street, utilizing his love of basketball. And we also feature Mothers in Charge which is a nonprofit organization filled with mothers who have lost their children to gun violence and how they band together. Um, so with this film, I just pray that it inspires change. And when we premiered this past weekend in Miami for ABFF, we received a standing ovation and the conversations afterwards were just powerful and impactful. Super proud to see the work that you're doing and uh, shoot basketball, not not people is such a cool organization. Like I have such mad respect for coach coach Gary, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I, I just was so inspired. I've been telling uh, my friend who's also doing a film in the similar space about him. And uh, I love what you have done and how you intermingled him with the mother is very very cool now tara you took a different approach and made a short film that had uh there was a narrative short film but you took a kind of a different spin can you tell us about triggered and you also you have a great cool connection with john leguizamo yes so you know, triggered i i grew up in canada i'm originally from canada i've lived in new york now longer than there and and to be honest i grew up on a farm and we had a gun everyone had everyone had a gun and when i moved to the states i just could not believe the gun violence that's here the epidemic that it is because again we have guns we have a lot of guns we just don't have the same problem here so it's always been something that i cared a lot about and it was always something i knew i wanted to make a film about and i triggered was initially a, a one-act play that i did here in new york with amy schumer's theater company and I reached out to Thomas C. Dunn, the playwright, and I said, have you thought about making this into a, 
to a film and and he did and i got the rights to it and then i met with our producer marie tres gurgis and i told her like this is my who i'd like to get as a cast this is who i you know i mean i knew everything i i had the location i knew that i wanted the newton brothers who are so fantastic to do our our to com compose the music for us i knew i wanted our cinematographer ed lucas everything the poster and she said who who's going to direct it and i said i don't know yet but i'm going to ask john leguizamo and she was sitting there and she said, why are you doing that? And I said, because he's a friend of mine and I know he cares a lot about gun violence and gun violence prevention. And, you know, it's just a short film. It, I've already got everything planned, so he wouldn't even have to do much. And she said, the fact that you've got literally everything planned is called directing. <laughs> she said, so you can't go to John and say, I have your DP, your crew, your everything. She said, if he if he wants to be involved, he'll ask him if he'd come on as EP. And I did. And he so graciously said yes. So. That's how that's how Triggered came about. That's cool. I like that you kind of discovered that you were a director when someone else noticed it in you and said, oh, hey, this is what you're doing right now. That's that's yeah. pretty cool when someone else tells you that. I, I, I like that. Let's, let's, let's jump to that about assembling your crew and putting this story together. Uh, Kyra, you and I chatted a couple months ago on the podcast and talked a little bit about this and your style. But now that you're here and you're at the place of showing it and you know crew and subjects are are showing up what are some of the things that are kind of uh resonating for you as you kind of now have a you know hindsight 2020 reflection about what you did what you accomplished and things you learned about making a feature documentary man i think one of the dopest things is that i made a feature film with my friends you know, like these are all my friends mm -hmm. and we all banded together in the beginning. And it was just a passion project in the beginning before I even had funding. And on the weekends, you know, because we were all like in a commercial space and corporate filming and all of that. And on the weekends, we would just all come together and start filming, you know. So when I finally started getting funding, one of my proudest moments was that I was able to pay my friends something. And I couldn't pay them the big amount, you know, I couldn't pay them what they would make in a commercial world, but the fact that I was able to pay them something. And then when we premiered, you know, this past weekend to see Sam, you know, my um, man, she was my backbone and watching her cry, you know, when we received the standing ovation, how she just got overwhelmed with emotion. I was like, wow, this is this is really, really dope. And it made me so proud of not only myself, but also my friends. Uh, making movies with your friends and compensating your friends always feels phenomenal. Uh, yes. uh, what about you? As you're, you told uh, me that this might be the last film festival that you're doing publicly before it gets out into the world with distribution. I'd love to hear just kind of any learnings as you made Triggered and what, you know, this is your directorial debut. So what will you do different next time, both like maybe to repeat or that you'll never do again? <laughs> well, for starters, you know, I'd learned so much because I've been an actor for many, many years. So I've been on sets and I've always been someone that's kind of a sponge and I'll ask the director if I can hang out when I'm not filming. So, you know, it was kind of coming but there was so much I didn't know. So I reached out to a few directors and a few friends that I really respect. 
um, like Nick Pesh who directed me in the grudge and I, and I reached out to him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. And what do you think? And he said, don't be afraid. He said, surround yourself with the people that you know, that are, that you personally know that are at the top of their game. And then don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, I'm, you know, th- there's no ego here. There were, there were myriad times where I'm like, I don't know, or I'm Googling, you know, someone's asking me a question and I'm Googling what that is. Like, you know, do you want your, your movie in H264? I'm like, huh? So I'm like, yeah, I didn't know anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was that. And also what I was so wonderfully surprised by, and the same thing that you just said is that I got to make a movie with my friends, you know, I mean, Isaiah's a dear friend and Caitlin's a friend and I'd worked with her before and I'd worked with, with Bobby before Isaiah and I hadn't worked together before, but I, I just reached out to my friends and said, you know, would you like to work with me? And everyone gratefully said yes. And again, like the Newton brothers who do all of my clinic and stuff and so much more, I had never even met them, but they did the, the music for the grudge. So we kind of had that connection and I reached out to them and, they said yes. So, you know, I learned that people, people say yes, especially mm-hmm. if it's an important subject matter like this. And it's something that I'm so deeply passionate about. So I feel like that kind of, you know, gets people going and it's, you know, so I, I did definitely learn so, so much, you know, and I, there were moments when I made decisions, you know, once you see our film, it's, there's a 14 minute scene that takes place in, in the living room where two people, two characters aren't moving because they've got circles painted around them. And if they leave their circle, they'll be shot. We did those in 14 minute takes. Mm. And when I told the crew and the cast, we were doing that, they were like, we're doing what? Cause you don't do 14 minute takes. Mm. But I said, I'll shoot my character out first and just kind of get everyone comfortable with it. But it was such an emotionally driven scene that I felt like we could go top to bottom. So there were things like that too, that we just, we just did it. Yeah. And Tara, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead Tara, what you were saying with like, you know, sometimes you just don't know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I cried at my computer. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was my first feature. And I, and I would even say, I would even say to myself, like, I didn't know this cost this much. Wait, what? I have yeah. to do this. I have to do it. And it was just, I would literally be at my computer, tears just coming down my face. Yes. And I'm like, you know, did I make the right decision? Who am I to make a feature film? Was I really ready? Yeah. And and then I don't know if you had this, are we allowed to swear? It's not that I want to swear, but I just want to quote Quote it. (laughs) So as soon as I posted on social media, as far as you saying, like, do I really want to make this film? As soon as I posted on social media, we hadn't even filmed yet. I was like, you know, we've got Isaiah Whitlock Jr. and Caitlin Maynard and, and Robert John Burke as the cast and John Leguizamo's EP. That's all I posted. I immediately had two direct messages on Instagram. One was from a woman in Miami who had lost her daughter in May of 2020 during COVID uh, to a horrible accident that happened at a party. Someone pulled out a gun and said, hey, look what I got. And he shot her in the head and she died. And she said please make this movie and make a difference. And the second message was, fuck you, you cunt. I love my guns. And I, mm. I had a moment, I've got two kids, you know, I had a moment mm. of like, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't make this movie. You know, I don't, that's not what I want. I want to galvanize the conversation about gun violence prevention, but I, I don't want that. And I really had a moment of like, is this the right idea? And obviously I went, I went forward with it. Um, because I think that we have to, you know, art can make a difference and we have to do this. So, but it was, I definitely had a lot of moments starting with even before I filmed this, how should I be doing this? 
making a movie in general is a such a huge responsibility and weight that we carry but then both of you making movies with such political and cultural impact is this a whole other weight on top of the art and the craft of doing what you did so that's a really interesting example of just the negative kind of blowback right that you're experiencing uh, yeah. on top of your own kind of personal emotional journey so i guess i want to hear a little bit about that because your both of your films are about these really difficult topics uh talking about lives being lost due to guns so anything you can talk to us about this subject matter it's obviously super relevant with all the mass shootings happening uh, daily in our country. And then, you know, where you were, Kyra, Philadelphia, the, the deaths that happen per day uh, in your your state, your state is, you know, tragic. Um, what thoughts can you share with us about what you have learned or what your, you know, your your movies have taught you on either side with the, the topic and or the filmmaking for such like a heavy topic? Can you oh. hear me? Something's going on with my camera. Can yeah, you you, we, we can hear you. We can't see you. Oh, man. It's okay. Um, so. Keep figuring it out. We'll, 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 let's see if we can get you in and out and we'll have Tara uh, riff okay. on that. You want me to start? Yeah. So, you know, for starters, it's, it's, it's not as simple as saying it's a Democratic and Republican problem. Yeah. I, I don't believe that. I, I think it's an American problem, you know, yeah. and I, I, I know plenty of them plenty of Republicans. I know 80% of NRA members believe that there should be better background checks, for example. So it's, you know, why the government's not choosing to do more. And there have been a lot of changes the last year. So I'm grateful for that. But, you know, it's, I, I think people would be surprised how willing some people are. Like I had a lot of gun owners come up to me after seeing triggered at different festivals and say, listen, I, I'm not giving up all my guns, but you just made me feel something I wasn't expecting mm -hmm. to feel. And yeah, I, let's have a conversation. You know, I, I, I think people would be surprised how, despite how divided the country is about this subject, how open people are to some change, you know? Tara, what change uh, are things that could be easily acted upon right now? I mean, improving the the process uh, what other things making sure that if you have a gun that's locked up and it's not available for children and young people what other things can people actively do yeah i mean there was that horrible story just last week of a two and a half year old little boy who shot and killed his eight month pregnant mother mm -hmm. so listen i that family's gone through such incredible trauma i can't even begin to fathom but he was able to get the gun and, mm -hmm. and shoot his mother by accident um, from behind. And it just breaks my heart because now that's something that that little boy has to deal with for the rest of his life that he's done. And he was two and a half years old. He didn't know what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So there's, yes, lock up guns and lock up guns if you know that there's someone in your home that's mentally ill mm -hmm. or has had suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. I believe in red flag laws. That should be a national thing. You know, there was a woman who called the police and said, I don't know why my son just bought all these big guns. I think they're called AR-15s, but I don't know what's happening. And they didn't do a house check. And two days later, he killed nine people. So, you know, we're never going to take away all guns. And again, a lot of people don't like it when I say this. I grew up with guns, you know, I can say I'm a good shot. I, I'm, I don't even want to take away all guns. But laws like that, better background checks, um, I think, you know, just like you have to go and get a driver's license to drive a car, you know, 
there's you should have to take a class you should have to go and take and take proper training and definitely red flag laws there are some simple things that could change that would save lives mm, thank you those are really important and simple things and i i love that you're saying this is not just a political issue or for republicans or democrats this is a, I think I Let's see, hold on a second. All right. Okay. You figured that out. Good we job. got it. That's a, that's like a, that's a filmmaker solving the problem. problem I'm, solving. On my, I'm on my phone now. Hey, it looks good. You look good on the phone. It's a nice crisp picture. I know. Good. Mine isn't. I should go to my phone. <laughs> So we're going to, we're going to loop you in Cairo. We were just, you know, uh, Tara was just saying th little things like locking up, uh, your, your guns and better regulations. But the idea that this is an American issue, it's not just a political or a bipartisan issue. We all have to, no matter what side you find yourself on quote unquote, it's about lives. There are lives that are at risk and both of your films do do this. They, it opens up the conversation and it gets under our skin. And I, I hope that if you're watching this and or listening to episode 196 here, that you'll make your way to the Century 20 Theater in Redwood City, California for 6.45 p.m. when Triggered and Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia will screen together for the Brave Maker Film Festival. And we'll have a discussion afterwards. Um, I'm wondering, you know, as we continue. Uh, go ahead, Kyra. I did want to say something about the whole um, with the guns things and everything like that. Um, with my film, you know, I always tell people I'm in the center of the storm. Mm -hmm. um, two months ago, I lost my own cousin to gun violence, Frankie, who was 37 years old. Someone walked into a bar and shot him right in the chest, mm -hmm. you know, on the corner of my block, which is a pretty nice neighborhood. I witnessed a, um, a carjacking in broad daylight, you know, so, you know, or even a few months ago, last year, excuse me, last year, my grandmother was, you know, on the court, on her porch, having a cup of coffee on a weekday in the morning, chatting with her neighbor and a car drives by and shoots up a house two two doors away from my grandmother, you know? So it's like with me, with this film, my city has fortunately embraced me um, because of what's been going on, <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm not a transplant, you know, I'm not coming from the suburbs. I'm here, center of the storm, <clears throat> excuse me, Germantown Avenue. I'm right here. You are in the center of the storm. And I think that's what makes a, it a good story is that you're coming as a documentarian with a heart for your own city and you're sharing the stories and you're elevating the people who have been most impacted in Philadelphia. So this film, bad things happen in Philadelphia, uh, by Kyra Knox. Uh, you'll also get, get to meet some of the subjects, uh, of the film. If you come to Redwood city on July 15th, we're really excited to be able to chat with you and, uh, some of your subjects and the people who helped make this film. Uh, Tara, you're sending your cinematographer, Ed, uh, Ed to, yes, to, yes. to be with us. Now, you have a background in acting. You started as an actor. You talked about making your own content. I wanted to just highlight because I didn't get a chance to a, a second ago. I really liked what you were saying about just asking for what you need, asking for help, looking for support. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to get a no, but it sounds like you've got a lot of yeses. Uh, can you... Talk about, is this launching into something more triggered? Is, is there more 
around this story coming uh, or are you have, do you have new projects coming? What does the future look like? Thomas C. Dunn uh, has just written his first pass of, of the, the feature. Wow. So yes, the Triggered will be a feature. Um, you know, I mean, there's a long road ahead of us now. Yep. You know, we need to, it's a lot easier to finance a short film than it is a feature film. Uh-huh. And so now there's that whole nightmare. I don't want to call it a nightmare, but it kind of is um, to get to the dream, you know, which I, you know, I, I don't even know how to do any of that. So we're going to figure that out, but yes. And it's, it's, I'm so excited to turn this into a feature because there's, again, it's just, we keep saying about how much of an epidemic that there is. And, and I do really feel strongly that when people would come and see triggered, you know, we were, we were at a festival right when Uvalde happened and there were so many people that we had a sold out show and people said, that they just couldn't watch the news anymore. They couldn't hear another parent talk about a dead child and they have this gesture where they're like, I can't do it, I can't do it. But they're willing to watch a film because there's enough of a separation there where, you know, someone in the audience, she said to me, I could just, I could say to myself, this is a movie. And even though our film gets down and dirty and you see two people who have lost family members to gun violence and it's, you know, an incredibly moving thing, she was able to separate enough to allow herself to absorb all of that and then have a conversation about it. And that's why I think, well, that's why I know I want to do Triggered as a feature. And that's why I think that it's so important that we continue on this. And then I have other things. I've got a a film coming up called The the Cutting Season that I'm going to be acting in. Um, I've got a few acting projects coming up too. So feature filmmaking, we do, if you come to the film festival, we have three different workshops about turning your ideas into feature films. So I would love to just talk a little bit about that. Kyra, what did you learn about making a feature film that you're going to do different next time? What's it going to look like? I won't produce and direct it next time. That that was the main thing because I never got a break. Mm. You know, when I'm dealing with the creative, once that's done, then I have to go into producing with the logistics. And also... With me never having a break, you know, it's a documentary. I'm listening to all these stories and there would be times that I would just, I would just burst out crying. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I realized I was taking these stories in. And then because I'm post-producing, now I'm hearing all of these stories again. And now I have to edit it down. And then you deal with that whole, like, you want to make sure that you're respecting everybody's story, right? So it's like, what do you keep in? What do you take out? You know, will they be happy with what I presented? Um, So that was definitely hard on me. And again, like I would never produce and direct again at the same time. Um, It it just it's just a mental and emotional toll on you. It's so good to know that, to have this experience and go next time. I need to have more people and more support in place. And we all indie filmmakers, this is so much of the lot, unfortunately. We're doing so many, we're spinning so many plates and we're raising the funds. And then I always feel sometimes as a feature, for my feature experience was I raised all the funds and then everyone's like, cool, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. And they're like taking all the money. I'm like, ah, where'd it go? You know, yep. I, I have found, I want more people to shoulder that responsibility that nobody will get a producer credit unless they are directly responsible for raising the money too because it's it's easy to spend other people's money but when you personally raise it and or give it it's different 
Yeah. Yeah. And I got furloughed in the middle of post-production. Um, so then I saw myself leaving film done, you know? And it was a financial toll on me. So exactly what you said, next time, unless you're giving me some money, you will not get a producer's credit, okay? Yeah. I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a direct invitation. If you want to produce with either of these two, uh, you can find them, uh, I'm sure, easily on social media. Anybody who's got some funding. We filmmakers would love to have a meeting with you. And Cairo will be in town personally, so you can talk with her. And I always, my, my dream is that Brave Maker really becomes a funding vehicle for people's projects. So as Triggered becomes a feature film, however we can help you do that. And hopefully, you know, Silicon Valley, there is some generous, generous wealth here, right? And like Kyra, you could be an executive producer alongside John. Lepo. How about that? There you go. There you go. So reach out and uh, uh, you know shoot your shot with these two filmmakers because you just never know how that might uh, your trajectory might link up with them. And I'm I'm super passionate about this. I think as a filmmaker and actor myself, one of the best things I did was take my own money and help another person make a film. I did this twice. I have a, I got an executive producer credit and a co-EP credit on two different films. One of them went and got shortlisted at, at the Academy, but I learned so much. It was like my film school, being able to put my money where my mouth is. And then I got all these connections that I then could leverage for my own projects too. Mm -hmm. So I, I think when, I hear actors or filmmakers making excuses that they don't have money. I go, you will find a way. You will find a way. And that's what makes you a serious filmmaker when you can find the money. So get some money and help these women uh, make their films. Anything else you want to say uh, about your projects and how people can connect with you or kind of what your your hope is as you continue to be storytellers out in the world? Um, one thing I did want to circle back on is about the money. Um, doing exactly what, when you're trying to raise money for your film, doing exactly what Tara did, like for example, doing a short film and it's kind of like a spec, I guess you could say, and turn into a feature. That's a great way to raise money for your short films or you can do what I did. Um, we took four of our filming days and we decided to turn into a teaser and that's how I ended up getting executive producer who ended up helping me fund that project. So I just wanted to let people know, like, there's creative ways that you can go about raising money for your film. Ooh. Sorry, Tony, I know that was off topic, but I wanted no, to make sure that. That is on topic. What you talking okay. about? That is perfect. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because what you were saying earlier as far as, you know, the difference between a short and a feature even I've, only, I've directed one thing and was triggered. And I asked Ed Lucas, who you'll meet at, at the festival, what do you think I, do you think I'm ready to shoot the feature? The, am I ready to be a feature director? Because he's done so much more than I. And he said, you absolutely are. The only thing you're going to have to learn how to do Westwood. He's, he's got this British accent. He's like, you've got to let go of the reins. He'll hate that I'm, mock I, I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking him. He says I have a terrible accent, but <laughs> I would have happily have let go of the reins, except I didn't have a production designer. You know, I didn't have Mariah Bergeron, who was our production manager, kind of did a little bit of everything, but you know, I'm the one that was in set up the, the living room and, and the location scout and, you know, everything. So we, I gave up a lot of what normally would have been on a set in order to have a second camera. 
And mm -hmm. that's what you have to do. You've got to figure out what your priority is. And again, I knew this was such an emotionally driven thing that it was better to have that second camera. So am I looking forward to having department heads? Yes. I can't <laughs> wait to pass the baton, you know, and, and have that collaborative experience because I didn't really have that this time. Your credits probably look like mine. It looks like a lot of people, but it's the same names that keep repeating itself <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> well, and I was just so grateful that everybody said yes, that we could have been like a 16 and a half minute movie, but we're 18 because it's the slowest credits you're ever going to see. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure everybody could see and read their name. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you two want to ask of each other before we close out our conversation today? Um... How did it feel, you know, coming from Canada yeah. and then doing a short film about gun violence here in the States? Well, again, I've lived here longer than there. So I, I definitely feel like this is my, this is my history, but it, it's, it, it's crazy because people will ask me, you know, why? And again, it's just the, the difference between the two countries, even though we're right here, it's just huge. And again, it's not like we don't have guns. We, do, we, you know, there's more guns in this country than people. We don't have that many guns. But as I said, we have a lot of guns and we don't have the violence. So um, it was, it's interesting for me to be at a festival and talk about it because people assume like I was doing an interview like this once and there's no question that they, and it was for a TV show, they thought I was anti-gun, wanted, you know, no second amendment. And I could see the woman's face and I was like, oh no, I, I absolutely believe in the second amendment. And she just, you know, her face was like, wait a minute, that's not the interview that I wanted to have. But I actually think that that makes it interesting because uh, as we said earlier, it, it's a complicated issue. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and we don't have to be so divided where it's just the people that want guns that don't want change and the people that don't want guns that want change. I believe in the second amendment and I want change because people are dying every day. So, and that's why in my documentary, I chose not to have politics in it at all. Yeah, There's no politicians. There's no politics because I felt as though once you put in politics, you're going to yeah. lose half your audience, you know? Yeah. And I wanted the focus to just be on the teens that were impacted and the mothers that were impacted, you know? Because yeah. that's what was important, not the politics, none of that, just these stories, you know? Well, I appreciate that. And I can't wait to see your film because Thomas Dunn and I were just talking yesterday. He wrote Triggered. And again, he's writing the feature right now about that, about how it's so often. And listen, I play a senator in Triggered, so it's definitely a political thing. But we don't hear enough about the impact of how this how this impacts families and how this impacts the the person that has to go clean that kindergarten room and clean the blood. And I don't want to be that graphic, but that happens. And we don't talk enough about that. Cause again, that's where people are like, Oh, I can't, I can't deal with that. But if we can't deal yeah. with it, then nothing's going to change. You know, you too. This has been so good. And if you're listening or watching episode 196 here, please make it a priority July 15th to come out to the Brave Maker Film Festival. Watch these films, engage in conversation. Uh, Kyra will be here before that. So she'll be milling around the festival and you can get to talk with her. And then we're having a little something, something afterwards. So you can kind of even talk more. And we have a lot of special guests that are going to be coming that are passionate around
around this issue about seeing people's lives be saved, seeing the gun conversation as maybe uncomfortable, as political as it can be, be something people know how to engage with because lives are at stake here. So thank you so much for thank making, you so much for uh, yeah, for making movies that have these really cool impacts upon us as audiences and as society. So I really appreciate both of you. Uh, if you're listening and watching, you can follow both of them. Uh, Kyra Knox underscore on Instagram or Tara underscore Westwood on Instagram. And don't go away because we're not done. Uh, we like to end our show with our favorite things of the week. Brave faves, TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave faves. All right. I am so behind the times. I know I finally got to Peacock's uh, original show with Natasha Leone uh, called Poker Face. And the pilot episode was so good. Uh, transparently, I've only watched one and a half uh, episodes so far, but the first episode <laughs> was really engaging. I did not know where it was going to go. It ended in a very unsuspecting and surprising way. So Peacock, the show is called Poker Face and it stars Natasha Leone and it's created by Ryan Johnson. I really, really, really liked it. Uh, Kyra, what's your favorite thing of the week? Oh, so I've been reading RuPaul's book from Drag Race, all the behind the scenes. I'm a huge RuPaul Drag Race fan. And just to like get all of the inside scoop of what like what happened behind the scenes has been like one of my favorite things. And then I also bought that other book about with the writers. Uh, I think it's called Burn It Down. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm actually reading both at the same time. So those That's are my brave things right now. That's so cool. Yeah, I want to watch that. I want to read that Burn It Down book, too. I've heard the author talking about it. That's uh, That's really cool. That's a good one. All right, what do you have, Tara? What's your brave fave of the week? You know, I'm going to two things. I saw the most incredible play, one of the best plays I've ever seen. I've just never seen anything like this in my life called Prima Facci with Jodie Comer, who I have the biggest crush on anyway. But anyway, she's she's such a good actress. And it's a one-woman show. And I've seen a lot of one-person shows before, but I've never seen anything like this you know, it's always admirable that you can even remember that much. But what she goes through emotionally in this play is just, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And she just won the Tony for it. Yes, thank you. It's so good. It's just, she's so devastatingly good. And then I just started watching Fargo season two. And minus the fact that the accent kind of like, so this is what I paid a lot of money to get rid of when I moved to New York. Because I used to sound like this. So the more I watch the show, the more it's coming back. <laughs> Minus that, I'm loving it. I just can't watch it when I have to film anything else because it really starts to happen in my head. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I was like over here with Lee. Like. <laughs> but I'm loving it. It's, I'm, I'm so far behind. I'm on uh, season two, but it's, oh my gosh, it's so good. So good. I love there's so many shows out there. So it's good. You know, we catch up. We take, you know, take take your time. Watch it when it's right for you. I'm like, I missed the conversation with Poker Face, but that's fine. I love it. Well, hey, you two are fantastic. And I hope even though you don't get to be in person together with your films, you'll find a way to intersect and connect. Yeah, you just never yes. know where those things will go. So I appreciate you both. Uh, don't go away. Uh, 
thank you everybody for watching and being a part of the brave maker community the hundreds of you who watch on youtube and listen to the podcast can you please share this with somebody who might be inspired maybe uh, tara's story and kyra's film are inspiring you to make your own or you want to connect with them uh, or think someone else should hear about their film we also depend upon your support not, not just with viewership and listenership but financially your donations help us to make this it pays for our subscription to the live stream pays for our editor and our producer which means i needed to say thank you to amy cohen out of grand rapids michigan and our intern jessica cohen who will take all of these conversations and clip them and edit them and put them on instagram and our producer of social media carrie alley who's in grand rapids michigan and barnell amos who is in grand rapids michigan and will take this and edit it into the audio form uh, this is episode 196 i'm tony gapasone you can find me on the socials at tony gapasone brave maker is brave maker org but follow us at brave maker film fest and get your tickets today at bravemaker.com it's a lot of brave maker stuff but you can find us we're easy to find we're everywhere five years of uh, curating movies and having discussions about justice, diversity, and inclusion. And if we can help you go after your creative dreams, reach out to us. Uh, we have an academy that helps write scripts and we have acting classes. We have all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, I love this work and I'm really, really grateful to do it. So uh, thank you for watching and thank you for being a part of this. And July 13th through the 16th in Redwood City, California. That is the festival. Thank you to Tara and thank you to Kyra for being a part. We're excited to July 15th, watch your movies together and talk about them. All right, y'all. Uh, until next time, uh, next week, we have some more filmmakers from the festival. So do not miss next week's show. Uh, I don't have the exact names in films of who they represent yet, but they will be good because they're a part of the Brave Maker community. So until next time, Brave Stories Change the World and you are the story. All right, see you, everybody. Bye-bye. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BRAVEMAKER to 44321 or go to bravemaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.